Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Cinema Scum Oscar special, where we (laughs) count down our top five movies of 2021. Hello, Anna. Yes. Hello, Ollie. I love um, your shirt. You're wearing like a little bear shirt, kicking a football. And on top of that, you have a blanket. I'm loving the outfit. It's cold. It's cold today. I don't know why. Yeah. All right. Um, So here's how it's going to work. I'm going to share my screen. We're each going to get one minute to explain why this movie made our top five. Try to be as brief as possible. Try, you don't have to like go into like the, uh, what the movie's about because like people can look that up. So maybe just like quick why it's good and why you need to watch it if you haven't watched it, Um, which is what we do already. But just like, you know, we take an hour instead of one minute. So I think it'll be a good exercise in uh, brevity to yes. try and do these in, in one minute so anna are you gonna start us off with your first yeah one? yeah are you um are we putting a clock up yeah one second let me share my screen some accountability here one second okay i don't want you to see my list so i'm gonna hide okay it i'm looking now. i'm looking away i'll stop sharing when it's my turn to do them okay ready okay the clock okay so um ready yes. and go top five Okay, my fifth one, and I only watched this because they got multiple Oscar nominations the most, is Power of the Dog with uh, Kirsten Dunst, her husband, Jesse Plemons, Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, So yeah, this has the most Oscar nominations. So it's basically a Western, which I think is an extremely underrated genre and one of my favorites. Um, And it's different, though, because it really is like an interrogation of gender and sexuality through the story. Um, I think many people have heard that Kirsten Dunst and her husband, Jesse Plemons, who play husband and wife in the movie, have both been nominated for an Oscar for their performances, which is very like a beautiful kind of extra element of trivia. Um, I love Kirsten Dunst. I love like the Virgin Suicides, all the things she does Um, in this movie. She has like a very gentle connection with the audience um and it's directed by jane campion who is brilliant and you should watch this and i'm out of time whoa great all right so for my fifth option let me just bring the reset the clock all right so this is a little bit of a weird one but in my fifth spot i have a documentary Oh. I put Seaspiracy as my number five (laughs) and i know that there's a lot of controversy and hate that this movie gets but um, I wanted to have a documentary and, uh, first of all, this list in general, I just didn't have a lot of movies because I didn't get to go to the movie theaters and see a lot of new movies. So I watched a lot of movies that were not 2021 this year, but I think in terms of documentaries that change the way I think, even if I, I know there's an agenda in this movie, there's an agenda in every documentary. I think that it was very powerful yeah. to have this many people talking about the ocean and like the plastic issue in the ocean. And I learned even though these facts are contested, like so much, the the situation is so much worse than we thought um, or that the general public thought before this movie. And at least it got people talking about this issue. If you have not seen Seaspiracy, it will cause at least a mild awakening within mm-hmm. you. So that's my number five. Damn. Okay. I'm kind of scared to watch it, honestly. Uh, okay. Ready for your four? Yes. All right. And I am go ahead. ready. At number four, I have some, I have a movie that I think is pretty underrated. Probably not a lot of people saw it, but it's Green Knight um, with Dev Patel and a whole cast. Uh, A24 did it. 
it came out around like end of summer, fall, maybe. So it's basically like, um, it's like a King Arthur kind of epic tale. Um, it's like a quest. Um, it's very like Knights of the Round Table-ish. Um, it's like very sad. I found it very funny, but also it's like hopeful. Basically like um, Dev Patel is like the main character. He goes on a quest, like I just said, but it's more than that. I really think it's like a coming of age story that just has like a very beautiful romanticized background um it's very surprising it plays on a lot of different emotions it's visually very very beautiful so i'd say if you want to watch it watch it maybe just for that element like i said a24 did it so quality and i'm done boom all right okay so for my number four um this i might get a lot of hate for this but i put shang chi and I put Shang-Chi because it was the biggest surprise I had at any movie theater movie I saw this year. I went in expecting, you know, the same old Marvel and I got something that I was to- like totally new that I'd never seen before. Even if it was Marvel, it was Marvel in a way that was totally different. Um, it was martial arts. It was a martial arts movie. It was um, a movie about dragons and about Chinese spirituality in a way that like, like it, it, it changed the formula. And so I think that it's a good thing that Marvel movies going forward are more diverse and more, uh, they take these more interesting approaches to different characters. Um, and I think that all the actors killed it. I think that, um, I noted down here, uh, Aquafina, who plays Katie, the sidekick, is the best sidekick in a, a Marvel movie in a really long time. Amazing comedic relief. And yeah, I think you, if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. And that's time. Damn. All right. So my number three pick, I recommended this in the first episode of our podcast, actually, but it's I Care A Lot with Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage. I've been recommending this to everyone. I think it's really good. It's on Netflix. Um, I'd say like the best measure of how good a movie is, is like, can you walk away from the screen without pausing? And I could not do that for this movie. Rosamund Pike is like an amazing, badass villain character. She's basically stealing old people's money, but the movie makes you hate the system and not her. Like she's a villain that you really want to root for, or at least like you love to hate her. Peter Dinklage is like truly formidable. Him and Pike opposite each other are is like such an exciting pair to watch. There are a lot of twists. Um, it's not, not expected. It's genuinely just an entertaining movie. I love it. I think it's really well done, very believable. Um, like I said, I'm in love with Rosamund Pike. So yeah, three, two, one. Nice. You even had some time left over there. Yeah. Nice. All right. So I'm going to be a broken record here. And, uh, so yeah, for my number three position, I have the power of the dog. Uh, I wrote that in my notes that this movie stinks of best picture. I'm sure Mm -hmm. it will win. I would be very surprised if anything else won, um, which, you know, it's not my top list either. So I don't really think it's the best movie either. But anyway, uh, I think the acting is fantastic. I loved Kirsten Dunst's portrayal of like an alcoholic woman. I thought the music, I'll try and say things that you didn't already mention, but like the dissonant piano that plays that like degrades as she degrades into alcoholism is just amazing. Uh, the cinematography is amazing. I felt like I was watching a Nat Geo documentary about Montana. Um, <laughs> and like you mentioned the whole like, uh, kind of like sexuality, gay undertones to it. I think I thought were really interesting and it's, it, 
the reason I think that's going to win the Oscar is because it's just so Americana, which is so cliche, but it's definitely going to win the Oscar for that. But it takes a new, exciting, like way, like approach to the Americana. Um, so that's for that reason, it's a hundred percent. All right. Wow. Those were some great points. Yeah. All right. Anna, you ready for your number two? We've reached the top two movies of 2021. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, here we go. All right. So for my number two, this is kind of a deep cut. Um, I watched this very randomly, but I would recommend that everyone do the same. It's called Benedetta. It's a French movie. So it's in French, but like obviously subtitles are a thing. I wrote here in my notes, it's giving if Kate Moss was a lesbian nun in the 1600s. Um, So basically, yeah, like that's what it's about. Um, So you're in a convent setting, there's this woman um, and she has like this big sapphic relationship going on. And um, it's like, this movie is amazing because I'm interested in like topics like that. Like I was a gender studies major in college. So if you're interested in like the, the sacred versus the profane, if you're interested in like, making fun of religion or like pointing out the inconsistency inconsistencies in religion it's really good it's self-aware though it's not exploitive um it's got an 86 on Rotten Tomatoes so I would definitely check it out if I was you and just looking for like an entertaining movie whoa nice I've never heard of that one all right so mine's also for number two is kind of like a, a a deep cut but uh, and it's also cheating a bit because it came out at the end of 2020. But I'm going to count it because no one had heard of this movie, and even I only found out about it this year. So it's called "If Anything Happens, I Love You." It is a short animated film on Netflix. Um, it's about a couple who's like haunted by the fact that they lost their daughter in a school shooting, <sighs> and uh, they're haunted by like the, these like shadow figures of their former selves. Um, and the whole movie it's like a hand-drawn style but it uses color in an amazing kind of symbolic way to represent like good memories and then shadows to represent bad memories um and it perfectly captures like the monotony of like a, a life without purpose because they lost the thing that mattered most to them in the whole world and uh throughout the story we learned that uh the marriage was kind of falling apart and it was through like this like collective mourning over the loss of their daughter that the the husband and wife kind of like rekindled their their love for each other um and it just reminds you that uh no one's ever alone in these kind of situations and that uh the memories of people are just as alive in your lives than the 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 physical existence of those people so it's an awesome animated you got it's on netflix you got to check it out oh my god whoa wow um all right, top movies of 2021. All right, that all right. it was really hard picking my top two. I have to admit that one I wanted to put as my top one, but I had to put the one that I obviously put. Okay, right. Anna, here we go. Your top movie of 2021. Go. Not to fucking steal your thunder, but it's I did put Dune. Um, it's just made so well. And I know it's not on your list. So I'm thinking we probably have the same one, but, um, I think I like it for different reasons than you, which are, um, oh, whoops. Um, I love, okay. So I love looking at Timothy Chalamet, number one, number two, I really appreciate that we're making sci-fi sexy again. Like for a long time, sci-fi has been super nerdy, but I love looking at everyone in this movie, the mom, the dad. Um, everyone in this movie is hot except the villain who's like a slug or whatever 
Um, the son and mom relationship was really giving me Hamlet vibes and Hamlet is one of my favorite classics. So I really kind of liked that. Um, and I just think if you can get past the like annoying political undertones, which are like overtones, basically, it's a great story. Plus, I think points for it being an adaptation. I think it's going to win at the Oscars. Whoa. Plot twist. I also have <laughs> Dune as my top pick. Hold on. Let me set the timer again. Um, okay. So everything you just mentioned, um, I would be very surprised if it beat there's a like licorice pizza mm. and uh, power of the dog that I think have a lot more uh, Oscar cred over this movie, but Denis Villeneuve captures the scale of the Dune universe perfectly, which is the hardest thing to do with Dune is that it's such a massive world. It's like bigger than Lord of the Rings. So for it to have like, for you to feel so small and insignificant watching that movie, like if you didn't see it in IMAX, I really feel sorry for you because you, mm -hmm. th th this movie was made for an IMAX theater. Like it was massive in scale and it was out of this world in the best way possible. I think that Timothy Chalamet is perfect as Paul Mouadib. I can't wait to see part two. I can't wait to see Chani and like uh, Zendaya play a good Chani because Chani is a, one of the coolest characters in Dune. Um, Jessica is amazing in Dune. But yeah, the grandeur of the film I hope it wins the Oscar, but I would be very surprised if it did. Okay. And that's it. Top 10, top five. Top. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? I don't really have any. Was just going to ask you, make I, the list. I think it's interesting though, that neither of us mentioned a lot of other movies that came out that, that were pretty big. Um, like, like licorice pizza. We didn't talk about. I, I have not checked out licorice pizza. I'm going mm -hmm. to. For the maybe we should do it on this podcast. I it was one of those movies that like I was going to watch with someone and then they just didn't follow through with that. So I just ended up, you know, when you make mm. plans with someone to watch something and then you just don't watch it. Let me ask you, what uh, do you have any like hate most hated movies of twenty twenty one? Like which ones did you fucking hate? Oh, <sighs> it's easy. The Many Saints of Newark. Oh no! Fuck that movie. <laughs> It's garbage. And that's, that's the The Sopranos movie. Oh God. Why Worst did you hate it? Movie of 2021. It's just like fan service and nothing else. No substance. Mm. Yeah. Um, and like the fans who are being serviced are Sopranos fans who expect like the world. So yeah. who who did you think you were gonna satisfy with this movie? Like <laughs> if you thought that like you were gonna get away with just surface level garbage with like funny like it's like um it's like a Disney Marvel, like a like a referential nightmare. It's just, Ugh. it's referencing and you're constantly like, wait, this, this timeline is all off. Like this person's way older than they should be. This person's way too young. These people never met before. Like they <laughs> meet in the show. What is going on? Me and I was watching with my friend Andres who are, me and him are both huge Sopranos fans. And we were just bickering the whole time about how bad this movie was. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm never watching that. I think I yeah, read no. a piece of trivia about the Sopranos that they asked James Gandolfini, who's Tony Soprano, if they would ever make a Sopranos movie. And he joked like, yeah, like only when whoever the showrunner is, is like bankrupt. Yeah. Which, yeah. Makes sense. What about um, you? Any okay. big L's of 2021? I think a big L, you might hate me for this. I think a big L was Spencer. I hated Spencer. I... I'm indifferent. I thought it was okay. The, it's the Princess Diana movie with Kristen Stewart. I think Kristen Stewart is great. If she wins the Oscar, that's great. But I thought the portrayal of 
Princess Diana was like really mean, really one-sided. Like I get that we know she had an eating disorder. You don't have to show a scene of her throwing up every five minutes, you know? And I think we get it it after the first time. And, um, it was made for an older audience. I get that, but you have to like know a bunch of things about princess Diana's life and about the Royal family for it to make sense. Okay. Um, I was really excited to see it, but it has the the problem that it has to like, like you mentioned, you have to like carry all this baggage, all this history about the Royal family, which in the crown is easy because you've seen like the three seasons prior. So the fourth Mm -hmm. season about princess Diana makes more sense, but when it's just a movie, the context isn't there. And like you said, they, they, they focus on the wrong things. Like yes. everyone has an agenda with princess Diana and it's never yes, a full dude. picture about her. The like she, there's a lot of good, good stuff. There's some bad stuff, but no one ever gets the full picture right ever about princess Diana. Dude, you're so right. Yes. We have yet to see like a well-rounded portrayal. And I don't think her. we will because people are just too complicated. And like this mm. person was too many things to too many people. Mm. There's too many interests involved that like, you'll never get the full story unless you like, you know, read up on her life and like ever from multiple sources. Dude. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. So I hated it. Love princess Diana, big princess Diana Stan. We are a (laughs) princess Diana Stan podcast. We're a princess Diana podcast now. All right. Any uh, closing thoughts? By the way, we didn't explain, but this, the reason we're doing a short episode this week is because there will be no full episode this week. Mm. Um, I'm in Toronto for the weekend uh, visiting Anna, actually, amongst other people. And uh, so we'll be back next week with a full episode, uh, the the full episode we teased at the end of last episode. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Keep telling us your thoughts. If you watch these movies and you like them, let us know. If Send us your top five. We, yeah. can, give, we can make a form on Instagram. Send us your top five. Oh, we would love God. to shit on your top fives. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think that about does it. Let's uh, until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.